Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show about people and organizations that make an impact around Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan. Thank you for joining me. And joining us right now is the CEO of Crime Stoppers of Houston, Rania Mancurius. How are you doing, Rania? I'm good. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm so glad to have you because your information not just applies to Houston. Crime Stoppers affects the entire country. But more importantly, we're talking about North Texas here. You've got some tips for people, especially this time of the year, where kids are finishing up the school year. I'm, I want to start off talking about the things you've learned about prom safety, um, student summer safety, and social media and how it can affect kids. Oh, so we only have 30 minutes. Are you sure? I'm going to need a day or two. Well, let's just start right there and see where we go. Well, you know what? These are such important conversations, and I'm so thankful for any opportunity to sit and talk about these things. You know, things we kind of think about, and know and sometimes brush off and think, well, you know, my, I have good kids. Nothing really is going to happen to right. my kids. Um, to things that were like, this doesn't apply to this doesn't apply to us, but it, it actually always can apply to you. Um, prom is, is around the corner. Some kids actually have already started celebrating their prom weekends. And I was just reading this article about the pressure kids feel around prom, this sort of moment in time where they're dressed in a way their friends have really never seen them dress where they're celebrating the end of high school and it's such an achievement. They know that they're closing a door, closing a chapter and moving on to this really the most adult like thing they've ever they'll they've ever experienced to mm-hmm. date. Um, and they're out in just a whole new, a, a whole new mindset, a whole new setting and doing things that they maybe not, they weren't going to do before sleep out, you know, go to, you know, Galveston with friends or wherever you are in Texas with a bunch of friends. And sure. so it's really important that we talk about all those things we think about, you know, drinking and driving, um, sexuality, what the relationships will be, um, social media, what will be filmed, what could be filmed, what you should not film. What's going to show um, up on Instagram and Snapchat, all their yeah. friends and the peer pressure. Absolutely. And then the new part of the conversation is kids across the country are finding themselves getting very easy access to pills. Snapchat, you can go on Snapchat right now and get a pill for 15 cents. Wow. Delivered to your front door, by the way. 
um, that you might think is Percocet, um, Oxycontin, uh, whatever, Adderall, you name it, you can, I'm, I'm not going to keep going because it could be a lot of different things. And these pills are counterfeit pills and some of them are laced with um, opioids like fentanyl that are very dangerous. So we're also telling kids like, do not, do not take any pills from anyone and to encourage other kids not to take them as well. You know what? Um, I want to, I want to stay with, with you right there because I was actually reading an article and it was talking about how you can see in the kids' eyes, teenagers' eyes on their pictures on Instagram, if they're on pills and how parents today don't really even think of their kids doing pills. They think of them smoking weed or they think of them drinking alcohol but they don't think about the pills. And that seems to be the biggest thing nowadays amongst Generation Z. It's the biggest thing because it's also, you know, people will say, well, well I don't take pills. So he can't, he or she, my kid can't get access to them. And they have such good friends. I've, my kid is such a good kid and all their friends are so cute and great, blah, 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 blah. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Does your kid have access to a cell phone or a smartphone? Usually, yes. Is your kid online? So do they interact with the world? Well, usually, yes. Well, do you know that they can literally order a pill to be delivered to your front door without you ever knowing for less than a dollar? And parents are like, no, there's no way. Well, yes, it happens. It happens Mm -hmm. every day. It's called the Uberization of drugs and it's it's drugs because everything you can get actually drugs you can get alcohol you can get prescription medication you can get counterfeit pills so a lot of our kids know this and the greatest thing that's going for these pill pushers is the fact that parents don't know that this can be happening and so two things happen or three you get kids who get these pills and they're real pills they're just black market pills and they become addicted or kids are buying counterfeit pills that um, aren't killing them, but are created to, in a garage somewhere or in a lab somewhere, and nobody knows what's in them. Or kids are getting counterfeit pills that are laced with really dangerous things like fentanyl, and they're dying. And we are literally seeing this everywhere. It has nothing to do with what a good kid you have. It has nothing to do with the gated community you think you live in. Oh, they're in a private school. Mm-hmm. No, they're in the best public school. I, you, we have an unloving home. Their friends are cute. None of that matters. And you know what? And a lot of it also is peer pressure because you mentioned this before when you were just talking about the prom. When they're with their friends and they're trying to be cool, you know, every I think nowadays, especially with social media, you know, the bullying on online and, and when I say bullying, I'm talking about the peer pressure of you've got to be cool, you have to look a certain way or you've got to fit in and they wind up doing things that they normally would not do amongst their families. A hundred percent. There's so many studies on the development of a child's brain and sort of the, the, the navigation center, the risk assessment center, the ability to sort of see caution or weigh out consequences that part of their brain does not develop until they're in their mid-20s. So when you're constantly pushing scenarios to a child whose ability to outweigh risk good and bad, that ability is not even fully there yet. Mm -hmm. It's no question that they're pushed over by peer pressure and usually pushed into making really wrong and really dangerous decisions. And if we can 
there's counter studies, by the way, that show if parents just know this and take a moment to not blanketly lecture, not say, well, we're just going to take your phone away. Well, you're just not going to go to prom. Well, you're just not going to go out. Well, that doesn't work. You know, if parents would just sort of stop and say, all right, we're going to have a very difficult, sticky, awkward conversation, making sure you get you, son, daughter, you know, you get what you want, but we're equipping you with the tools to get there safely, that those conversations are the most powerful in a kid's life. Yeah, I agree. In fact, when I talk to some parents, sometimes I always try to say you you can't social media and the Internet is everywhere. You cannot, you know, take your kids away from them. All you can try to do is be a greater influence because you cannot get them away from all of those things. You can't just say, OK, I'm going to isolate my kid. No, you can't isolate them. The world is happening and they have greater access to information than any generation. What you have to do is help them navigate that information and try to be a greater influence, whereas they care more about their family and themselves and you than what may happen on social media. Am I wrong? Oh, my God. And I love the fact that you use the word isolate because I can't tell you how many parents are like, you know what? It's too complicated. It's dangerous, so I am going to tell them they cannot have it. They won't have a phone. They're not going to be allowed to be on Instagram or Snapchat or you name any other 20 platforms. And one, I say it's not fair. You're punishing your kid. This is how they communicate. This is how they socialize. This is how they form social circles, Mm -hmm. how they express themselves. It's not fair. To your word, you're isolating them, and it's not fair. But here's the second thing. Parents, hello, hello. Your kids are going to be on no matter what. That's right. You know, they are 10,000 steps ahead of us. You're never going to succeed in that battle. You're going to think, yeah, I, I didn't get them a phone. They're going to get an, an, an um, a, a, iPad. A iPad. Yes, thank you. They're going to, they're going to, they, trust me, they're going to be online and you're just going to not have given them guidance because you're going to think that they're not. And you will become the villain. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes, that's right. You will become the villain and their whole mindset will be try to get around, work around you. They may love you, but they're going to be trying to work around you. And I mentioned this before. Kids are so smart. And you said this yourself. They're so smart. They know more about how to use social media and the Internet and how to upload things and how to get Uber and how to do things and GPS. They are tech support for their parents. So true. They are tech support. It's just an amazing thing. But so how so if you're a parent, you can't think that you're going to outsmart them. All you can do is try to be a part of their lives and try to be influential that way, not deny them things. But like you said, warn them about things. Yeah. And a a lot of this conversation is based on age, too. So I'll tell you, when you're dealing with younger kids, you have a bigger footprint in their life. You can dictate more in terms of what they're going to do, who they're going to talk to, and how they're going to communicate, of course. But as you move into the older years, and we're, you know, we started by talking about prom, so sort of my headspace is thinking about, you know, high school kids or late high school kids, that footprint shrinks. Mm-hmm. You, you can't really dictate who they talk to, how they talk, how they present themselves. You, you were supposed to be building that foundation years ago. Now it's about making sure they have the tools they understand the family values. They've they've bought into it. 
they've, they themselves have bought into it or they understand how these decisions are going to affect them tomorrow, uh, that their future bosses are looking, are going to be looking them up on social media, that their future boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives, partners, et cetera, um, how people that might hate them want to hurt them, all these things that how they will be, they're giving them access. I did, I recently did a really interesting study here in Texas. I do a lot of studies on my Instagram page. It's um, at the Runya Report. And I share it because I want to hear from people. I'm constantly putting out polls. And I did one that I really cater to kids 18. Um, I have to go back. I think it was 14. It was 14 to, to 21. Mm-hmm. And I asked a series of questions. I said, hey, how many of you think that people are going to form an opinion of, of you based on what you post. And the kids say, you know, no, I don't think that I don't. And, and then I said, well, how many of you think of the content you share, you know, and they say, no, nah, just kind of post because it feels right at the moment. Don't really think of long-term effects. And then I asked this third question, how many of you form opinions of other people based on what they post people, you know, or don't know. And it was almost like 90% said that they do. Yeah. So it's like kids don't make the full connection always that how they present themselves affects how they are perceived. And so if we can teach them that, then again, you're giving them tools to navigate platforms exactly and safely. Exactly. We're talking to Rania Mancarius. She is the CEO of Crime Stoppers of Houston, but she's got information for all, everyone, not just parents, but everybody across the state of Texas. We're talking about prom season and kids with social media. I've always told kids there's bullies and there's bots on social media, but also I think a lot of kids think that the social media conversations and pictures that they post are just for their friends when they don't realize that's all over the world and it's forever. It's all over the world and it's forever. And we have to remember there are screenshots, there are shared posts, there are screen record, um, nothing. The second it leaves your sort of you click to share it is no longer yours to do, to protect, to hide, to retract, to remove. You know, this This may be off topic a little bit, but I think of Christy Teigen right now and sort of this whole country is talking about tweets that she did years ago, years ago. And mm-hmm. she might have thought, well, I'll delete them. I've grown. I've changed. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean it. But too bad, Christy. You know, too bad. Too bad. People took a screenshot. It's out there. And it's this is an indictment of her. It's the act. Once you put it out there, it is forever there to build you up or to tear you down. And it's no longer yours to control. So be super careful about what you even share privately, what you text to a best friend today who may hate you tomorrow. And we're sort of lived life enough to know that that unfortunately happens. Exactly. In fact, um, you, you mentioned all these different things because people just aren't aware. And if you're a teenager, this could affect your, your job employment, your future employment, because nowadays corporations or, or, or people who wish to hire you, the first thing they do is a background check of what you've done on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah, and college universities do the same. It's part of the admission packet. Look, 
kids in school have a moral code of conduct, and some may realize it, some may not. But when they sign, when you sign that handbook, within there is this agreement, affirmation, that you understand what the school's moral code of conduct, that you represent the school inside and out, and you can be reprimanded for your activities inside and out of the school. Well, that applies when you're in college or university. That applies in the workplace. That applies wherever you are. So, I know that when I hire people for Crime Stoppers, the first thing I do is start digging online. Mm-hmm. I, I do. And I've not hired people who have made, you know, we're a public safety nonprofit. We work with law enforcement, the community and media. And I've, I one time was, you know, very interested in bringing on this, this young girl. She is a criminal justice major. She was so great. Um, but there were posts where she said, you know, I, I hate all police. Police are the worst. And I said, well, wait a minute. You can't have somebody that's in the Crime Stoppers family that is posting that they hate all police. It's just not possible. It doesn't fit with our narrative. Now, if you want to post, we need to look at reforming police. We need to be um, studying our law enforcement partners and seeing where we can um, make changes, create better relationships. A hundred percent agreed. Yes, mm-hmm. beautiful statement. Mm-hmm. But and I hate we hate all police statement. I can't. We can't partner with somebody like that. Even if her intentions were mild, even if she's being silly, even if it was a joke, she didn't get a job with us because of it. You know, you're exactly right. And again, that's that just goes for everyone. You've just got to be careful about how you assume that only your friends or only your family are reading what you post, no matter where it's located online. Uh, Rania, let's let's talk some more about kids, especially summer kids' safety, because summer's right around the corner. And I know um, we're coming off of a pandemic. We're not completely out of it yet, but I know there are some concerns about kids being out and about and playing and things that, that all families need to watch out for. Yeah, and I, and I hope, you know, we are coming out of the pandemic. Yeah. I just... We don't oh, want it to spike hope, again, yeah. I hope so. I really do. But I, I, I'll, I'll, let's say, let's agree to this. Um, regardless of where we are with the pandemic, a lot of us know it is safe to be outside, and a lot of families are eager to really be outside. And and summer is such a wonderful time, um, and it's nice for so many reasons. Kids, the schedule gets a little bit more relaxed. Um, you know, there's a lot more playtime, a lot more recreation time. There's summer camps. But we just want families to not toss out any notion of safety because we're sort of in the free-for-all time of summer. Um, so we ask for parents to just think about, and again, a lot of these conversations depend on the age of your child. But what, you know, are your kids going to be riding their bikes through town? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? That depends on the age and maturity of your child. It depends on whether or not you'll give your child a gadget like a gizmo if they're young or a phone to contact you. Mm-hmm. I'll have parents that say, no, I'm not going to give my child a gadget. No. But I say, okay, that's interesting. That's fine. That's your personal decision. And the, and they'll be saying, but, you know, we do let them ride their bikes for a few hours. We just tell them, you know, be home by lunch. And we know they're just kind of in the neighborhood. Well, do you talk to your kids about um you know, what to do if somebody does approach them when they're riding the bike or if they see something that makes concerns them. And and the answer is always like, well, we don't want to scare them. We don't want to scare them. Oh, you better tell them everything. Well, that's a rule. It's a rule of thumb. If your child is too young to hear a conversation about something dangerous that they might approach when they're alone 
out in the neighborhood, then they're too young to be out in the neighborhood alone, period. Um, and we believe that they should always have a, chan- a, a way to contact you. I'll, I'll give you a silly example. I saw a, a young kid leaving an elementary school not too long ago and fell and really injured his leg. And he had no way of contacting anybody. No phone, no gadget, no gizmo, nothing. Oh, no. You know, kids, you should be able to be in touch with your child. Um, other things are parents are going back to work, which is great. There are some kids that are going to be home alone. Make sure your kids understand the rules and who they can open the door for, not open the door for, if they can cook, not cook, what it means, what the rules are for them to be home. And then I'll add this. Camp, sleepaway camps are a wonderful thing. But we uncovered, our organization working with a Texas mom, uncovered that camps are grossly under-regulated. And and these are the best camps in Mm -hmm. Texas to the worst camps in Texas. Um, Basically, they make sure that food and sanitation is up to par, that they're obviously protecting the environment, and that all structures are physically sound. But there's very little oversight in terms of who's taking care of your children, background checks, um, kids that are coming here on J-1 visas, and that might not be the case this summer with uh, COVID. Um, But we identified that there were hundreds, if not thousands of kids across the country that had been molested at summer camp uh, with very few remedies and recourse, Mm -hmm. that there are kids who have drowned swimming at summer camps, that there are summer camps that have very relaxed rules about how they, um, you know, lock away riflery, how they um, do permits and training for staff. So again, we love summer camps, but we've sounded the alarm and you can look up all of this stuff Um, on our website or online to show what we've really uncovered and the questions we want parents to ask before they send their kids away. Besides your website, could you talk about what parents should think about when they decide to send their kids to camp, some of the steps, some of the the places where they can check out these different camps or compare? Well, because camps have been so under-regulated, there is no place to go. And that's one of the oh, things wow. we work to change in the state of Texas. So we know that there are summer camps in Texas where kids have been molested, but the camps have had no duty, no obligation to report that anywhere. So if I'm a parent that says, oh, I'm thinking of sending my kid to Camp XYZ, let me go ahead and search and see if there's any listed issues the camp has no obligation to share that information with you. Um, we've, we're changing that because we want parents to have full access to data. So unfortunately, there isn't a hub or a place to go. So parents need to know what to ask. They want to they want to ask, you know, what is the ratio between counselors and children? They want to ask what type of background checks are done on counselors, and they're going to realize that a lot of the counselors are are kids. They're counselors in training, so there's really no background check that can be done. But how do we know that you you know all of these kids are equipped to handle our young children who sleep there, mm-hmm. bathe there, swim there? Um, spend every minute with the counselor. Uh, we want to make sure, you know, we want to know what the camp's rules are on reporting, um, how they manage swimming safety. I think there was a law in Texas that said, um, you know, two camp counselors just had to be within hearing distance of, you know, 18 plus children swimming. I, I don't know about you, but I don't feel comfortable with 18 third graders swimming uh, with two counselors just within hearing distance. So yeah, they got to be within really, eyesight. Give me some eyesight. Within eyesight. 
website. Yes, and camp count, trainer, you know, people that are licensed lifeguards and know sure. what to do. So there, there, there's a lot. We just encourage uh, families to think of all these questions and ask pointed questions to directors and get whatever you can in writing, camp directors, and get whatever you can in writing. Okay, let's take it down a little further to even younger kids. Uh, sometimes parents, like you mentioned, are, are, are actually going back to work. They're not necessarily working at home all the time. They have smaller kids. Can you talk about safety of leaving kids at home alone in the summertime? Plus, let's say parents want to have a date night and they want to hire a babysitter. Walk us through a couple of those scenarios. Well, the younger kids for us, it's very hard to to leave younger kids home alone. Um, But if if it has to happen, we say think of maturity of the child. Uh, consider location of where you are, and then emergency options. So I have three kids, and I'll tell you, my oldest came out of the womb mature. I mean, she's just above, way above her age, uh, always. Mm-hmm. She's mentally Very logical. Very logical, right? <laughs> Very. She's, she's as mature as any adult I know. But my middle child, who's only a year younger than her, is not that way. It's not. She's just not. Um, she's just not. So a lot of it depends on the maturity of a child. A very mature nine-year-old may be able to be home alone. Um, but the second thing is, what is your neighborhood like? Do you live in a rural area where there are no neighbors for miles? Do you live in a highly populated city center um, are you in a safe neighborhood or a dangerous neighborhood? The third is what is law enforcement response in your neighborhood? Right. So if there's a fire or an emergency, we know there are parts of town where you can call 911 and it's going to be 20 minutes before anybody comes. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other parts of the state where people have private security. So those are things to really to really keep in mind. Now, with babysitters, we always say um, word of mouth is the greatest way to find a babysitter if it's somebody known in your community, old enough, mature enough to handle your children, that's the best way, and then have rules. We know that there are babysitters who will come and say, hey, I'm going to be on my phone for a little bit. You know, that's fine. You don't need to be staring at my child the whole time. But I don't allow pictures of my child. I don't allow pictures in my home. I don't want you FaceTiming with your friends where they can see, you know, my children. And And those rules are personal. And every family uh, will have their own, but they're just important to think about. Oh, and you you also don't want the babysitter to bring her boyfriend over to kill time oh, either. No. <laughs> no, I mean, maybe you don't care, but some I, I would care about that. And I know a lot of families would. Exactly. We're talking with Rania Mancarius. She is the CEO of Crime Stoppers of Houston with information for all Texans about what's going on this summer and what's going on this time of year, especially with your kids. Um, can you talk about... Um, in particular, kids who are taking risk, adolescents risk-taking, because a lot of kids, I don't want to say that they act out, but I want to go back to the peer pressure. Sometimes kids wind up doing something because everybody's doing it. Yeah, and it's sometimes a lot of times and almost all the times you'll see a, a kid doing that in their own way. And the safest protection that we can do is really start talking to our kids at a very young age about who they are, who they see themselves as, what their role is in your family versus what your, their role is in in your community and how they find value. And I'll, and I'll give you even, uh, you know, a personal example. Again, I mentioned I have three kids. Um, My youngest, not too long ago said, you know, I'm so tired. Everybody asks me to go grab a bottle of water. My grandparents always ask me to go get their, jacket for their blah, blah, blah. And I turned to her and I said, you know what? 
the youngest kid is usually the strongest and they're usually the rock. And you might not be the one that makes the plans or has the answers, but you're the strongest. You're the rock. And so what does that mean for you? And I try to label at a very young age a child's strengths, their position, and what it might be for them to build on. And I, as they get older, you've got to really layer that with where, what is, where do they find value? Because a child who says, I'm 14 and all my friends, I'll, I'll tell you, we had a school case, mm-hmm. not to, not just the other day where a bunch of kids were FaceTiming. They are in fifth grade and the boys were really pushing one of the girls to remove her shirt. Hey, just take your shirt off, take your shirt off, take your shirt. And she said, no, I'm not taking it. And they said, come on, take your shirt off, take your, so she did. She took her shirt off for a second, lifted her shirt. They of course took a screenshot, um, shared it with everybody. Her friends that were on the phone have not stood by her. She's been isolated by the school. It's turned into a disaster. But if you can really challenge a kid, you're going to get peer pressure. You're going to have somebody that doesn't like your artwork. You're going to have somebody that doesn't like the way you dress. You have someone that's going to push you to do X, Y, and Z. You've got to put it in your head. Who am I? Where's my anchor? How do I find value and be able to withstand that? Those are some of the most important conversations you've got to have with kids early on. And I'll tell you, we start them first grade, second grade, kindergarten. Yes. Um, and to me, those are some of the most important. You're exactly right. When I talk to my kids when they were young, I would always tell them, just like Spider-Man, you have power. And with ultimate power becomes ultimate responsibility. And I would tell them that they have the power to make the correct decisions. They have the power. I said, you know what? If you do something because everybody else is doing it, if you jump off the cliff because everybody's jumping off the cliff, I'm not going to blame them. I'm going to blame you because you're yeah. supposed to be smart enough and strong enough and have the power, know that you have the power to decide for yourself. You're a leader. You're not just a follower. And those are some of the things I was saying to my kids. You know, I'm, you know, like I said the, at the very beginning, I try to empower kids to let them know that, you know, the ultimate influence is your family. Is this going to hurt your family? This is going to hurt mommy and daddy or grandma. You know, is this going to hurt your sisters and brothers or, or is it going to hurt you? You, you th- I want them to think before they just, you know, decide things on their own or just do something because everybody else is doing it or somebody's bullying them or whatever. I love that. And I think if more of us talk that way and raise our kids to think that way and even as parents pour those theories into their friend groups, mm-hmm. you know, like, guys, you're such a great group of friends. You're a group of leaders. You're the group that doesn't stand up to. You're the group that does stand sure. up to peer pressure. You're, I think kids really do get influenced by that because these are universal truths. This is this isn't saying something that is outdated, doesn't apply anymore. Um, it's sort of like adults talk, old people talk. These are universal, encouraging truths, and I think kids will respond, and I think those things will resonate, and they do resonate. I mean, studies show that that type of language resonates with children. Hey, Ronnie, we have got to get you on the show again and again and again, and sometime real soon, maybe by the end of the summer. In the meantime, how can people find you online and find out more information about what you've got going on with Crime Stoppers? Yeah, you know, please follow me. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm not a huge Twitter person, but I'm on Instagram and Twitter at the Runya Report, and it's R-A-N-I-A. Um, Crime Stoppers is crime-stoppers.org. And we have a podcast called The Balanced Voice 
podcast. Um, we've had incredible Texans on the podcast, Matthew McConaughey. We just had Tamron Hall, where she talked about um, mm-hmm. the loss of her sister. Uh, Governor Greg Abbott's been on the podcast. We've had a, a long list of incredible people who have joined us. You know, Crime Stoppers is a nonprofit that serves the greater Houston area, but all of Texas. And we're very proud to do the work we do. We love this state. Hey, Rania, you are always welcome to join us here at Better Living. And thanks again for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Our next guests are, they are the heartbeat of the St. Philip School in sunny South Dallas. Dr. Terry Flowers, the headmaster, and the principal, Miss Kelly Morrell. Kelly, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm super excited to, to be chatting with you today. Oh, we're so glad to have you guys on because the number one thing is you guys are like a jewel. You're almost like a hidden secret. For those who do know, everybody's so proud of the highly acclaimed, highly acclaimed St. Philip School, a private school in South Dallas, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. How long has the school been around? And let everybody know what's been going on for those so many years. I'm very familiar with the school because I've done a lot of work with you guys. But I think nationally people know about you, locally people know about you, but not everyone knows about St. Philip School. Yeah, so this is our 75th year of pouring into South Dallas and our community through our education portion, but then also through our food pantry. It is amazing. So if you guys are, you know, haven't driven down to St. Phillips, it is something to see. Um, Just the transformative um, things that we are doing, not just for the community, but for students, right, and in the lives of children. And so I'm a New Yorker, Mm -hmm. and I've never seen anything like this. And when I came um, to St. Phillips, I'm also a parent, so I'm doubly vested into this ministry and what we do here. And so if you haven't seen this space, this space is um, incredible and what we do for kids and the passion. I've worked in public education, and I think it's great, but there's something uniquely different about St. Philip's School and Community Center. Um, And so, you know, I would love to just share with you guys what makes St. Philip's just so amazing. And it is, and I said this before, that transformative learning happens here, right? It's all about transforming lives, right? We mm-hmm. just don't believe that coming to school um, is, is just about gaining knowledge, but it's all about being able to take this knowledge, these God-given gifts and talents, and to take all of that together and to pour that into somebody's life, right? And it's all about being a change agent. And isn't that kind of like amazing to to hear a school that does that you know what i'm saying that you know a lot of times we focus just on you know the reading writing and arithmetic but we just really believe that there's something more um that those are just the foundational pieces Um, could you talk about the age range of the kids that come to st phillips yeah so our our students are from pre-k to so two-year-olds all the way through sixth grade um, so that would be basically 2 to 12. These are very influential years and times in their lives. And and you were talking about the amazing things that you do, but go ahead and elaborate because I was always be, I've always been impressed with St. Phillips and the and the time that the teachers have a have a chance to spend with them and you being the principal and Dr. Flowers is always there as well. Can you talk about the little things that you all do beyond just the uh like you said reading, writing and arithmetic because I it's just mind-blowing. Yeah. So we really focus on this notion of learning through discovery. 
Um, and so through that, we, we have this program, which is our project-based learning. Um, so where our students spend a period of time working on a, on a project, but the key thing about it is that the project has something to do with changing the community or how, um, how it can impact the community. So our kids will do things in our garden. So St. Phillips has a garden. Um, or they'll do things in our food pantry and provide things uh, for, for our families that are at the food pantry. Um, and it's really just trying to, to take the core foundation of um, fundamental skills that kids need to have and, and bring it to life um, and make it a, a full experience. Um, so at St. Phillips, we also have an innovation lab. And so it's not uncommon to see our kids in there being creative and creating unique products and projects and um, solving problems and being critical thinkers um, in our innovation lab. And there's robotics um, that's also in there. Yeah. Um, but we really emphasize, too, science and um, exploratory learning um, and really just delving in and asking questions and inquiry. And so we have a science lab and we have um, Saturday science for our students, but then also community students that, um, that just really just want to be a part of it. And we've been known to have forensic science happening on a Saturday here at St. Phillips. Um, the other thing that's really important to us is our fine arts program. That is huge. And what we have on the horizon, which we're super excited about, is the opening of our Performing Arts Center. Um, and so it's not just, remember, the unique thing about St. Phillips is St. Phillips' difference is not just what we do for our students, but also what we do for our community. So the Performing Arts Center is open to, our, you know, our community and for mm -hmm. those that want to, you know, really kind of grow and stretch and have opportunities. One of the things that we did that was so awesome was that we had Debbie Allen here. Yes. And we were, oh, we had a great fine arts symposium. And so she led a master class um, for adults that were educators so that they could take that back to their schools um, and with their kids. And so, um, so St. Phillips is also just like a hub for um, professional development um, for other educators to get ideas on things that they could take back into their, to their schools. It's an amazing thing. You bring up Debbie Allen and the, the Fine Arts Performance Center. I saw a video. It was actually a TV show last summer that Debbie Allen, who's running, what's the name of her company in New York? Because everybody knows Debbie Allen because she's, she's won all the Tony Awards and the Emmy Awards, and she's such a great dancer. What's the name of her company? Do you remember off the top of your head? I do not. Well, it doesn't matter because the thing that was so wild was Cardi B went over to her <laughs> dance studios to learn how to be a ballerina. Are you serious? I swear to God, it was absolutely <laughs> amazing. And my kids were just riveted to it because it was Cardi B, That's and I'm right. riveted to it, my wife, because it's Debbie Allen. That's right. So I'm sure when Debbie Allen came to St. Oh. Phillips School that it was just amazing for everybody, it all the amazing. ages. It was like all ages, like you said, just powerful experience. And she was so authentic. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and she, she was just so powerful, and, and her passion for the arts. You know, and I think sometimes when it comes to arts and education, you know, it always kind of gets put put to the side because, you know, we have to focus on the math or we have to focus on the science. But, you know, to know that kids are uniquely gifted mm -hmm. in other areas and to really celebrate that and highlight that um, is, is huge for us here, too, at St. Phillips. I mentioned Debbie Allen. I mentioned Cardi B. I cannot talk about St. Phillips without mentioning Grammy Award winning artist and Dallas icon. Erica Badu. Oh, yes. 
and yeah, what and she you know, has she done. Was with a her. parent. Yes, her son Seven went to uh, St. Phillips. Yes, um, and so yes, yeah, she was a parent and uh, incredible, and you know, and still does a lot, you know, for mm-hmm. St. Phillips, and um, you know, just her passion. Uh, for the arts and education, you know, Erica Badu is is incredible and still does a lot of great things for us. Yes, she does for everyone in Dallas, but she loves St. Phillips right there in sunny South Dallas. Again, we're talking to the principal of the nationally acclaimed St. Phillips School, Kelly Morrell, and of course the headmaster, Dr. Terry Flowers. Uh, Kelly, can you also tell us some more about the campus because the school has grown? Yes. So um, St. Phillips is, so remember I said that we serve students pre-K-2 through 6th grade, and uh, so we are now in the process of renovating our legacy building. Mm -hmm. Um, We are also in the process of um, adding on a performing arts center, and then we have a robust um, food pantry. And so um, the one wonderful and unique thing about our food pantry um, is that it's kind of like a mini grocery store. Yes. Um, so, you know, the old way of, of serving was to provide people with a bag of, you know, random cans and, um, and things like that. But this allows people to um, get a personal shopper and to um, grocery shop. And one of the things that, um, that they really try to push also is like healthy choices and healthy eating. Um, and so it's not uncommon for them to provide different produce in there and recipes and ways for people to, um, you know, really incorporate these these different vegetables into their diet. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's another key thing that our students participate in as part of their projects for project-based learning. Um, and so St. Philip's has a, a, a lot going on. And I know Dr. Flowers will talk a lot about what's happening on MLK mm-hmm. and, um, and our partnership with Trek and Cornerstone, um, and just um, all that we're doing for, you know, neighborhood revitalization, um, and we're super excited about what's to come um, in South Dallas, and and just um, really blessed to be a part of that partnership, right? Um, Well, speaking of partnerships, I really would love for you to talk about the partnerships that the the faculty and the parents and the students have at St. Phillips, because it's unique. It's, It's like once the I, I can't even explain how the relationship is much more than in any other quote unquote school district where parents just drop their kids off and they go to school, whether it's, you know, in the city or in the suburbs. There's a unique relationship. Could you talk about how you guys form those relationships and what it means to the kids? Yeah. So St. Phillips, what we always say is that when you come to St. Phillips, we accept families. So it's not just students. Uh, we accept everyone in the family. Mm-hmm. And so that's grandparents. And so um, that's aunts. We have uh, mission moms and a dad's club. And it's not just for the dads and the, and the moms, but it's for aunts. It's for the entire family unit to be a part of this. We believe that education is a, you know, a three-legged stool, right? So it's the student, it's the parent, and it's the school all working in tandem to, um, you know, to really provide this awesome education. And so a lot of how we do that is our parents participate in the whole program of St. Phillips. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is it's not just um, coming to parent conference. Those, those things are just um, understood. They, they would come to parent conference, that they would be a part of, you know, celebratory events that we have here. But they are in the food pantry. They are volunteering. Um, you know, they are uh, in our garden volunteering. They are a part 
of the entire ministry of St. Philip's. And that's what makes the partnership so unique because what we do here is we do life together, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, so it's, you know, we're at funerals and we're at weddings of, of our families. And I've never, you know, I've not seen a school like that, especially elementary, kind yeah. of what you said, you know, um, that hey. our alum, our alums come back Right. And, you know, I mean, who who can remember, you know, what happened um, and who still goes back to their elementary school and can and, you know, can highlight and name specific teachers and things like that. And that's what happens here at St. Philip's. You know, um, a lot of that is due to our teacher retention and mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, we have these longstanding teachers that have been here year after year. Go ahead and um, name some names. Give them the props. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give them some props. Sheila Pate. Alicia Wesson, um, Antoinette Ashley, uh, Ramona Thomas. We just have the, a laundry list of folks that just, um, mm-hmm. you know, stay and, and because they believe in it. You know, I mean, what, what a great thing to um, work at a place, um, not just because you are passionate about kids, but you will leave outside of what you do for kids in the work of St. Philip's, you know. Um, and, and, and it's good work, you know, it's hard work, but it's good work. So Ms. Morell, what does it take to have your kids go to school to St. Phillips? What would it take for a parent if they said, oh, I would love for my kid to go to that school? Yeah, I think the first thing I would tell any parent interested in St. Phillips is to come and see. I think you'll be marveled at what happens here. Um, and uh, St. Phillips is very rigorous, but we provide so much academic support. Uh, we have a certified dyslexia specialist and a lot of um, support here. So it's really just reaching out to St. Phillips and we'll take it from there. Um, so if you apply and you reach out, and you say, I would love to take a tour. I'd love to learn more about St. Phillips. We will, we will take the charge from there and get you into the building, get you on a tour, um, taking our test. And then there's a uh, parent interview, uh, mm-hmm. because remember, we said that's important, right? That right. the parent is invested yes. and the family is invested, right? So that means all members of the, the family unit are invested in this ministry. Um, and so you would have a parent interview. And then from then on, you're part of the St. Phillips family. So what happens next when the kid graduates from St. Phillips school? Where do they wind up going? Because I yeah, think this is also is- a wonderful story. That is huge. So, um, so when they graduate from St. Phillips, uh, we are part of the ISAS, um, which is the Independent Association of the Southwest. And so our students go on to, um, to other elite private schools, Hockaday, St. Mark's, um, but then they'll also go on to Bishop Dunn and some of the great magnet programs mm-hmm. um, that are in Dallas. And so we're excited. Um, we are in the plans and works of possibly and potentially adding a 7th and 8th grade, which would be huge for us. And so we are working towards that um, because that would also give our kids the opportunity to enter into Booker T and some of those other great places. Yeah. So, um, But our kids go on. Um, and the great thing about where they go, they don't lose who they are. Exactly. Um, and that's important to us, that um, all that we've spent time in their formative years building into them um, a love of self, um, and a love of God, they take that with them wherever they go. And that's, that's one of the things we always hear back, Chris, is just um, that St. Philip's students are so confident. Um, mm-hmm. they, you know, they believe in themselves. And isn't, isn't that really what you want? 
Yes, especially young kids. You want them to be able to excel and believe in themselves and know that they, too, have a chance to be successful and have a wonderful life. Yeah, that's awesome. You know what? At this point in time, let's go ahead and talk to uh, Dr. Dr. Flowers, the headmaster. All right. And Dr. Flowers, so glad to have you. Yes, Chris. Thanks for having me. Your vision has guided this school for so long. The school was around 70-plus years. When did you get to St. Philip's? How did you get to St. Phillips and tell everyone about your vision? Because I'm so impressed. I've been knowing you for over 30 years, and I've been impressed with what you've been doing. Chris, I, I like to say I've been to, uh, with St. Phillips for many summers. <laughs> <laughs> I like I that. Came, I came to St. Phillips in 1983. Yeah. Uh, and I came to Texas chasing a woman, uh, the woman who is now my wife. There you go. Uh, had, had left me in New York to come here to go to grad school. I, I was finishing up uh, at Columbia University, and uh, she came here. I came down to follow my investments and started hunting for a job and started looking around. Actually ended up couldn't find a job because I got here in October, and most of the positions were taken. I took a, a teacher's aid position in mm-hmm. Denton IFD uh, for about six months, and then I found a ad in a newspaper that you might remember called the Dallas Times-Herald. Yes. Uh, and it was for a position here at St. Phillips and um, came here, identified with the community because I am from the south side of Chicago and the challenges that were confronting this area were not foreign to me. And I knew that um, it was an opportunity for me to give to children what was given to me, uh, opportunity to excel out of dire circumstances through education. Well, let me tell you something. You have done an absolutely amazing job over these years. Your vision has been, I know it's, nothing is ever easy, but talk about back then when you first got to St. Phillips, and it is the nationally acclaimed St. Phillips School and Community uh, Center. Uh, yeah. what, what you wanted to do and where it's going, because every time I come back to the campus, I'm just blown away. Chris, when I came, well, you saw that campus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I came, there In was the a portable late building. 80s, yeah. <laughs> there was a portable building that had been designed to stay there for for five years, and it stayed for 22 years. And there were, then there was what we call now the old gym. There had been a church before, but there were crack houses. We were surrounded by over 48, we were surrounded by 48 liquor-related businesses, a motel across the street, uh, six liquor-related businesses across the street, one right next door to us. It was a challenging uh, community, and the other side of it, Chris, is that the housing stock in the area was beginning to decline. Fires were breaking out. Uh, Absentee landlords were neglecting their properties. Drug sales, crack house right next door to the school, across the street from the school, just many, many challenges that uh, would um, cause one to want to not invest or have a sense of hope for for this neighborhood. And then you saw something and you said, let me see if I can get some people together and make this thing go. Can you talk about what you have been able to do and where you you see this thing going? Because it's just an amazing experience. Well, first, the most important thing I saw, Chris, was a body of committed, God-loving parents and faculty uh, who were making great strides academically and people who are committed to their children's education. And so the first thing that I did was just dive into that to help to 
get that more structured, get more curriculum developed, and then go after becoming accredited with the schools that were perceived to be the best in the in the in the country. Mm-hmm. And so we got accredited with the uh, Independent Schools Association of the Southwest, which accredits you know some of the major schools that you uh, might think of here in, in North Texas as well as around the country. And then from there we basically continued to focus in on the fact that St. Philip's was started through a church that responded to challenges in this community. It started because a child was hit by a car, uh, and a daycare center was established through that church. And so we've always been responsive to the community. And so after stabilizing the school, and we still have work to do. We're not a baked cookie, but we're in the oven. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that. But the attention to the challenges surrounding our neighborhood had to either be ignored or something had to be done about them. And so we began to organize further. We invited Habitat for Humanity to this community. There are 22 Habitat houses within um, four blocks of our campus. There are now an additional 57 housing units that have been developed within four blocks of our of our campus. I said 48 liquor stores back then, liquor-related businesses back then, mm-hmm. were down to just five. And nice. two, of those, two of those are on the hot sheet, mm-hmm. <laughs> which may not be here. Uh, a year from now, they, we don't expect them to still be, be in business. Motels have been shut down. We've gotten parents to rally, community members to rally. We've done protesting with, with John Waddy Price and others, <laughs> addressing mm-hmm. some of the, the blight in the area because of the zoning and past decisions made by government and city leadership in this community, in the city, um, this area was allowed to be saturated with, with liquor-related businesses. So we're, we're delighted about our progress and more excited about the, uh, the direction that the community is going. We have some new housing initiatives taking place. There's an entire block of Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, which the city has funded to help with that renovation. So this summer, people will start to see what will become uh, the nicest looking real estate on Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard will uh, will be renovated. We have an anchor tenant already, uh, very prominent um, uh, restaurant, well-known uh, restaurant uh, concept that that is driven out of a out of a food truck concept. So on the West Coast, okay. food trucks, the, the principle of food trucks on the West Coast is that you start there, you build your clientele, and then you move into a, a sit-down restaurant. Well, that's going to actually happen here uh, in Dallas uh, for the first time. So we're extremely excited about that coming to this community and really take a neighborhood that has been um, looked down upon mm-hmm. and uh, present a, a sense of promise and possibility uh, for the people who live here, and so and for those who come to this to this neighborhood. I mean, this, this is an amazing transformation, and again, it's still in the middle of the transformation. But it all started with a wonderful school, and that has been the basically the heartbeat of the area, and that made people want to partner with the school and try to help the vision happen. Like you said, it's more than just educating the, the kids is actually saving that particular neighborhood and revitalizing an entire part of town. So the, the, the secret sauce is that we tell our students, it, uh, God loaned you a life and you are here to pay God back. 
and how do you pay God back? God placed you here for a purpose, and that's to serve him. And you're best able to serve him by building yourself up academically, spiritually, physically, emotionally. And But you're here to do something with that life. And that how do you serve God? Well, you serve God by way of serving others. And so St. Philip's gives students the opportunity to see service in action, gives them the opportunity to participate in that service. And the end result is, Chris, that we, we uh, aim to have the title of the ultimate model for school-based community transformation. We think that one of the challenges in education today is the relevance of that education for the students. Mm-hmm. Why go to school every day and have a teacher or have adults boss you around, tell you what to do, go home, get up the next morning, come back and do it the next day? Well, there's a larger reason than just you. You're doing that to, to serve. We believe that every human born has service in their DNA. And what happens in this country is that it gets overwhelmed by uh, social influences, by mm-hmm. media, by many, many distractions. Mm-hmm. And what we aim to do with our students is to keep that service activated and so that they understand that that's what they're here to do. And we believe that this is truly, truly the way in which you're able to turn communities around. You will disrupt the deportation of our talents. We have far too many people who have been successful in life who have come from neighborhoods like this but don't come back. And many of them have, are like me. They have skin that's been blessed by nature of the sun, and they owe <laughs> their existence yeah. to these roots, but they fail to um, identify pathways to get back to, to contributing to, to lift others up. Before we get out of here, I want to let everyone know, because, again, there's so many people who are so proud of St. Philip's School, the national acclaimed St. Philip's School. Can you talk about some of the things you have coming up and how maybe some of our listeners may want to partner with what you've got going on? Because it is such an outstanding program. Absolutely. So we have an annual event called Samaritan's Feet uh, coming up next week, and uh, that uh, on the the 20, 22nd, and that's an event that we do every year. We're basically giving out shoes um, to kids from the neighborhood. Uh, we partner with other organizations to implement that, that program. We look forward to this summer. We're launching our summer program, and we have both a virtual as well as a in-person um, program that is taking place uh, this summer. Uh, I think Kelly mentioned the a performing arts space that's coming up. We're mm-hmm. opening up another building called the We Creation Center. Uh, this community doesn't have access to laser cutters and 3D printers, and so we're going to have that equipment available in what we are calling the We Creation Center, which is it's sort of a change chamber. We're inviting other groups to come to learn more about what we do here, but also to bring to this space a challenge, a community issue that they want to have solved. And when they bring it to this space, we have a process set up where they can go through and tackle uh, whatever those issues might be, be it a church or another organization, a community challenge that they're having. Um, but we are all about identifying pathways to, to bringing forth solutions rather than pausing and complaining about uh, the circumstance and, and not taking any active steps to, to resolve the, the, uh, the obstacles. You know, it's amazing. You guys are, are just, like I said, it's a jewel. And, you know, 
Miss um, Morell was talking about how parents come and their families come to see the campus and get a tour first. Is there an opportunity online where people can see what St. Phillips is doing? Yes. Well, if they come online, they can go to our website, and there are virtual tours. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are also various videos that show what um, what some of those programs and projects are. You know, we have a, a Baylor Hospital has a clinic on our campus. Uh, we have a food pantry here that gives 1,100 meals a day uh, to the community surrounding us. We have a, our buses pick up senior citizens, take them to the grocery store, the pharmacy, the post office. Our athletic program has 63 basketball teams, five football teams, lacrosse here in South <laughs> Dallas. So we're providing a variety of different services, and people can find those uh, on our website, uh, stphillips1600.org. 1600 is, uh, comes from our address, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. The 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. <laughs> exactly. We call ourselves, Chris, the, the kings of collaboration uh, because we partner with a lot of different organizations and agencies to address the challenges confronting this neighborhood. So all of the, what Kelly described and all of that I'm talking about does not happen by way of our budget. We have been masterful in being able to partner with like-minded uh, organizations and entities to bring about change in the neighborhood. Well, Dr. Flowers, we're going to have to have you back on again real soon because the journey is immeasurable. The journey is the reward, but so far, so good with the nationally acclaimed St. Philip School. Thanks again for joining us today. Thank you, Chris. The best is yet to come. Yes, it is. I'm Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan. Thanks for joining me today. Tune in next week as we focus on other organizations doing great things in our community right here on Better Living. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.